Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Well, thank God for the spirit visitation today. As we begin to look at this text, being Women's Sunday, sometime I will uh, delegate this assignment to one of the females ministers. But on this occasion, I believe God has me for a special assignment today. I have today an introductory scripture that I want to read, which is a counterpart of the accounts of King Solomon. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22 through 23. And King Solomon passed all the kings on the earth in riches and wisdom. And all the kings of the earth sought the presence of Solomon to hear his wisdom that God had put in his heart. And they brought every man his present, vessels of silver, vessels of gold, and raiment, and harness and spices, and horses, and mules, a rate year by year. King Solomon's wisdom and wealth was of such magnitude that his fame became known worldwide. And this fame This renown resulted in his military might, which caused all the kings and leaders of the nation to fear. Therefore, as we read, all the leaders of the other nations would come worldwide to honor the king with gifts in the hope of ensuring peace. But it's noteworthy that only one of these individuals, one of these leaders, are identified in the Bible, and that's the Queen of Sheba. This fact speaks highly of her as an individual. You see, the Queen also was wise. She was wealthy. She had fame of her own. But there was something else special about this leader, about this queen. While all the other nation's leaders came to Solomon for the sole purpose of ensuring peace, this lady had a different purpose in mind. Her main purpose was to validate the truth of Solomon's great reputation. Can you think with me a little bit? Because we're going to have to go outside the box on this message. It's highly possible that this queen had a competitive spirit. 
some of y'all men should probably say amen because you know sometimes our ladies do have competitive spirits. She may have heard reports of Solomon's wisdom and wanted to see not only if Solomon is as wise as they say, but is he as wise as I am. The text said that the queen came to test Solomon with hard questions. The Hebrew language most often translated hard questions is riddles. And these riddles were puzzling sayings or questions which concealed a deeper philosophical, practical, or theological truth. They were more than a test of mental quickness. They were a method whereby one could find the truth that they were seeking. So what, you say? Ladies, y'all in the house, say amen. amen. You're a queen of your household. Thus, you can learn a lot from <laughs> the queen of Sheba. I saw some queens looking at their king, reminding him of their role. The Bible says very little about her, but there are many historical sources that we can draw from, but, but these sources are not without controversy. The main issue of debate is her origin, the land of Sheba. Where is that? As I did some research, many scholars, in fact, most of them believe that Sheba is the modern-day Yemen or what we know as Arabia, just bordering North Africa. However, Josephus write this. The queen of Sheba was the queen of Egypt and Ethiopia. Matthew Henry also agrees with Josephus. But Jesus called her the queen of the south. And the most common opinion of what Jesus meant was referring to Africa. Now, why is this important? It's important for minorities to re recognize that if what Josephus is saying and what we believe Jesus is saying, that these women that we have today of African descent were somebody. They weren't just slaves working in the house or in the field. They were queens of great wisdom and great wealth. In fact, even today, and Ann and I experienced this when we went to, to, to uh, Israel, the Christian community in Ethiopia to this day are confident that the queen of Sheba was from their country and that Candace, the queen, mentioned in Acts 8.27, for the eunuch was her successor. Now this makes sense. If you know anything about the Ethiopian eunuch, he came there. He was reading the scroll of Isaiah. So they had to have some idea, some knowledge of, 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 of the God of the Israel in some form or some way. But regardless of the issue, regardless of the debate, the queen of Sheba should be commended for our interest and willingness to travel a great distance of 1,500 miles on camels over hills and dales 
to discover the truth of the report that she heard about Solomon. So now, join me as we take a closer look at the text and see what we can glean from the word of God. First King, chapter 10, verse 1. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of Yahweh, the name of the Lord, she came to test him with her question. Now I want you to notice with this one thing it said concerning the name of the Lord. This is an interesting statement. The wisdom and wealth of Solomon was a gift from Yahweh. The queen may have understood that if what she heard about Solomon was true, then everything that she heard about Yahweh must be true also. But she had her doubts. Verse 2 says, She came to Jerusalem with a great retune. This word here, it really is translated train in the King James, but it really means an entourage or a group or a servant. So she had a lot of people with her. It goes on to say, camels bearing spice and very much gold and precious stone. And when she came to Solomon, she told him all that was on her mind. All that was on her mind. All that was on her mind. <laughs> Following normal protocol, the queen came with a large amount of valuable merchandise as a peace offering. But her gift exceeded the norm. The spices that she had was more valuable than the gold, and the gold was estimated at $3.5 million. However, securing peace between Sheba and Jerusalem was not her main objective. She had something else on her mind, and she did not hold back. And that typical female. Now I want y'all to follow this because this is something that I missed for years. What the queen of Sheba was about to do was risky. It was risky. She was going to challenge a king and a nation that was much stronger than she. What if King Solomon felt offended by her question? What if he got angry? So she was taking a risk to find out the truth. I'm going to say that again. She was taking a risk to find out the truth. Can we put a period about there? Can I just talk to y'all sometime? It not only applies to ladies, it applies to men, sometimes even more than women. But sometimes we don't want to find the truth. I don't think y'all got me now. When it comes to individual relationships between opposite sex that are not married, sometimes we really don't want to know the truth. 
We rather believe a lie of what we concoct in my mind than the truth. Sometime mama will tell you, you better rethink that relationship. But we don't want to believe the truth so we don't take a risk to ask questions. Are you married? Where is this relationship going? We don't want to know. Move on, Dave. Verse 3, so Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain to her. The Bible does not say what questions are real the queen asked. But we have resources. There is a doctor, uh, Kamar Kardari. She's a noted Jewish scholar who's done extensive research and she believes she discovered a possible accounts of the interview between Queen of Sheba and King Solomon. She found that there were several questions or riddles that the queen put before the king, which probably took all day. She just drilled him all day with these riddles and questions. But here's the point that I want you to remember. They all appear to have a woman's perspective. You, you'll see that in a minute. They all appear to have a woman's perspective where no human male, no matter how intelligent, would be able to answer correctly. Dr. Cardi research revealed that the encounter went something like this. The queen of Sheba came to Solomon and asked him, Are you Solomon, whose kingdom and wisdom I have heard so much about? He replied, I am. Then she said to him, You are truly wise. Now I will ask you something and we shall see if you are capable of answering me. To which he responded, For the Lord grant wisdom, knowledge, and discernment are by his decree. And she asked this question or this rule. King Solomon, what are the seven that issue, and the nine that enter, and the two that offer drink, and the one that drink? I'm going to ask again since everybody's looking there. What are the seven that issues? Nine that enter, two that offer drink, and one to drink. And Solomon answered, The seven that issue are the seven days of menstrual impurity, the nine of the nine months of pregnancy, and the two that offer drink are the breast, and the child is the one that drinks. Mm -hmm. Okay, wait a minute. 
The queen exclaimed, you are truly wise. I'll put another question to you. We shall see if you can answer it. He responded, for the Lord grant wisdom. And the queen of Sheba asked him, how can a woman say to her son, your father is my father, your grandfather is my husband, you are my son and I am your sister. He says, a woman can say that if she are the daughters of Lot, who has an ancestral relationship with their father. That's just two of many questions that she asked. And Solomon's correct answer proved that they were from divine origin and not human sources. An all-day drilling of questions like that. Anybody had any idea how to answer that? No. There are many more. I just take those out. Number four. Verse four. When the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servant, the service of his waiters, and their apparel, his cupbearers, and the entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Now this little translation of there is no more spirit in her doesn't mean that she was tired. It refers to extreme emotion. It can be translated, she was breathless. Wow. She had a wow moment. Then she said to the king, it was a true report, which I heard in my own land about your words, your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. Indeed, the half was not told me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Amazed by Solomon's response, the queen confessed that she heard a little about Solomon. But what she really saw was more than true. Hence, everything she heard about Yahweh also had to be true. So she transitioned from unbelief to belief based not upon what she heard from others, but what she experienced for herself. The truth she discovered was much more profound than that was told. And for that, she praised Yahweh. Verse 9 of chapter 10. The queen of Sheba says, Blessed be Yahweh your Elohim, best be Lord your God, who delight in you, sitting you on the throne of Israel, because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore he made you king to do justice and righteous. Now the queen's blessing was more than just a verbal expression. Verses 10 through 12 give a detailed, tangible list of what she gave the king. The Bible testified that the spices she gave us an abundance that could never be matched. Likewise, the quality of the what they called the augmug trees or wood 
would never be seen before. It had never been seen again. That timber that she gave the king was used to build the framing and the foundation of Solomon's great temple. And Solomon responded in kind. Verse 13. Now Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all she desired. And notice this. Whatever she asked, beside what Solomon had given her according to the royal generosity, so she turned and went to her own country, she and her servant. I'm going to break this down a little bit more. He gave her all that she wanted, all that she asked for, beside the general things that they do when they do the gift giving. She left with more than she came. There's an Ethiopian legend that I wanted to share with you, and I preface that by saying it's an Ethiopian legend, that the Queen of Sheba stayed with Solomon over a year. And one of the things she asked for was a relationship. And when she left, she left pregnant. I think if you look what it says in Solomon loved many women, and the fact that he married them, had children by them to ensure peace, it's quite possible that this Ethiopian legend is true. Again, we know very little about it. But I want you to do something with me as we prepare to bring application to this. If we view this passage from a spiritual viewpoint, we can uncover some practical application. I got five of them. First of all, the queen had heard of King Solomon's splendor and traveled a long way at great expense and hardship to see him. I want to change this from King Solomon to the king. And I want you to capitalize the king. Number two, the queen tried or tested the king for herself. Number three, the queen offered the king more gifts than anyone else. Number four, the queen gave praises to the king, to God. The queen gave the king, if you believe the Ethiopian legend, herself. Now here's some takeaway points and we're done for the day. Sister Tanya had you different groups of women to stand up today. But see, we got a lot of young women in our congregation. But you know one of the things that we've been doing with our young women? We've been adoring them as princes. We have not been raising them to be queens. Here's what I'm challenging the ladies that's above 30 to do. 
to raise these young ladies to be queens and stop treating them like princes. Again, five things. Five for grace. Number one, a queen does not go by hearsay. A queen does not go by hearsay. Because hearsay is gossip. And we got a lot of that goes on in the church. People just repeat things that they heard. Number two, a queen validates what she heard from the source. Not from someone else. Yesterday in the marriage conference in America, Georgia, we were talking about social media. We seem like we'll believe everything on social media and won't believe nothing that the Bible says. Number three, a queen comes in the king's presence prepared. That'll stop us right there from being late. Number four, a queen sometimes must take risks. Queen Esther was one that went into the presence of the king at the risk of her life. And again, if you believe the Ethiopian legend, finally, a queen must give herself completely to the king. This morning it was brought out about giving part of ourselves in worship. And Benita brought out a point about giving God our right arm but holding our left arm. Let me take that a little further, Anita. We want to give him our right arm even our left arm, but we want to hold one finger. And because we think we can hold this one finger and give him the rest, that we're doing great. But God is saying, I want all of you. You think about a relationship between a husband and a wife. You give him all of you. Is there anyone here today willing to give the capital K-I-N-G king all of you? Are you willing to confess that you've been withholding part of you back? Yet you're getting older. Life is slowly passing you by. Body is changing. And you can still hear him call, I want all of you. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, just, just, just a moment, just a moment. All you young ladies that's under the age of 30, will you come down to the altar? You're under the age of 30. 
Will you come down to the altar? Nikki, Linda, I want y'all to just go and just touch him, just, just lay hand on Just touch him, each one. Just, just, just go up and down. Just touch him. Then just touch him. Through each of you comes life. God has so created you. That he wants to partner with you and bring godly offsprings into the world. But you've got to realize who you are. You are queens. You are wise. And God's eyesight, you are rich. You not only need to think like a queen, you need to start to walk in like one. Head up high. Proud of your African heritage. You have to change your hairstyle to be like anyone else. And don't let no man treat you like a slave. All right, ladies, y'all, come on, surround me. All that wisdom that Tanya was talking about. Some of you ladies come. Join Nikki and Linda. Supporting these young queens. And don't that just be a Sunday thing. Remind them daily that they are queens. Mr. K is going to pray for you guys. But you got a big support group. Yes, you may fail. But that ain't going to change who you are. You still a queen. Walk in there.
Most holy and gracious Father God, thank you God just for being God and for being God alone. Your wisdom surpasses our understanding. But God, we first just want to thank you for who you are and thank you for fashioning us with your own hand. God, you said that you knit us together. You took your time on us, Lord. And you have a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. God, let us never forget that our value, our worth, is all defined by you. It's all found in you. Not in the clothes we wear, not in the hairstyle, the makeup, the name brand purse, none of that matters if we don't have you. God, even in other people, we thank you that we are a people of community, but we first must know who we are in you so that we can represent you and not be so worried and trying to please other people that we forget to honor you with our mind and our body, with our tongue, with our talents, with our purpose. God, sometimes we get so caught up in trying to produce an image that is pleasing to the others around us that we forget that our first course of is pleasing you. God, we pray that you help us, oh God, to see who you created us to be, fearfully and wonderfully made yes. in your image. And God, for the one who feel less than, who feel inadequate, who feel left out, who feel left alone, remind them, oh God, that you've never left them or forsake them. And God, for the one that feel like they've done too much to be used by you, remind them, oh God, that your blood covers them, oh God. And long as they have allowed you to be Savior and Lord over their lives, there is nothing that you can't forgive. No place they can go that's so far that you can't bring them from. God, we thank you for your grace. Lord, your grace. Your grace that covers us and keeps us every day, Lord. God, remind us that we are queens in you. And we should conduct ourselves accordingly, Lord. Not giving in to what the world wants us to be. But standing out and standing firm. And that we will join together to stand together, Lord. That we can help bury one another's burden, bear one another's burdens. That we can strengthen each other when we're going through moments of weaknesses. God, we thank you for the word today that remind us, oh God, that we are queens. Remind us that you have a purpose for us. Remind us that we have you have a plan for us. To remind us, oh God, that our first priority is in you. God, we thank you. Thank you. Bless these ladies that are surrounding your altar, Lord. God, we know that you already know their circumstance, their situation. You know their history and their future. And God, we pray that they commit it all to you. That they cast all their cares upon you, knowing that you are concerned about them. Each and every one of them. Amen. God, let them know that you are God of all comfort. Any situation, you are there, Lord. God, let them know that you are the source of their strength. And you are the strength of their life. And God, help us impart into the younger ones, Lord. Let us not be ashamed 
of our testimonies. Let us not be ashamed of our scars that you've healed us from, that we can help others heal, Lord. Help deter some from going down the same roads we went, Lord. Experience does not have to be the best teacher. Amen. God, sometimes just hearing from what others been through, God will help us make better decisions. So help us to be open and honest and use wisdom and be guided by your Holy Spirit to share when you tell us to share. Thank you, God. God, we thank you. We love you. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.